is wise to the world of danger. One who is new to the stories of old. One who is privy to the mysteries that linger. What will they find on their quest into the cold? story real quick um uh once upon a time <laughs> i got pop rocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're lychee flavored nice yep <laughs> i wanted your story to be long enough so that we could hear the audio quality but all you said was three words <laughs> like what did you do with the pop rocks maybe i ate them <laughs> when sometimes sometimes <laughs> oh cur- like still currently ongoing yeah I, it has pop rocks. i have more pop rocks still Good story. <laughs> what do you think it'd be like to lay in a bath of pop rocks? Uh, effervescent. Like as they're as they're popping. Like, do you think it would feel nice? Oh uh, well, yeah. Duh. Like a bathtub full of pop rocks. Yeah, and then like you pour the. It'd be sticky, that's for sure. Yeah, but for a second, do you think it'd be blissful? Yeah. Or do you think it would all be hell? Here's the question: Is would it just be full of only pop rocks, or would it be like a bunch of pop rocks and then water? Well, you gotta water them down to pop them up. No, you get in the bathtub, just filled to the brim with pop rocks, and then your sweat activates. <laughs> Sweaty, sweaty pop rock juice honestly probably the main experience you'd get is just you'd feel buried because they're pretty light individually but i mean that's because you don't have a bathtub full of them right sand is pretty light yeah that's a good point getting underneath a bunch of sand you could die like that probably yeah definitely could definitely could die like that 100 percent. try eating the pop rocks don't try eating the sand well <laughs> Don't tell me how to live. Yeah, yeah. how has your guys' in, uh, interim been between last we recorded? Like three weeks or whatever it is, feels like. Yeah. I think it was a full month. Was I done of school yet or was I in the middle of finals? You were on the last week of school, I believe. Oh my god. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> but I did good. I thought that I was literally going to get, like, I thought that I was actually going to fail all of the classes and then I got all A's because I'm just a genius. Oh. I texted my mom. She said I'm the smartest child. And she implied I'm the favorite, but we all know it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) I had a very productive conversation with my mother about uh, trans rights, which was fun. Oh, was it like a good, healthy conversation or was it like a bit of an argument? It was productive. It was productive. It was kind of interesting because she's very conservative. I I, I don't want to get into it, but she's part of a cult. Now or was? Okay, no, sorry. I do want to get into it, but we just don't have time. That's a tangent for another day. (laughs) We can talk about it later. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny cult. Fault. Scientology? (laughs) No, that's not funny. She's like, well, I understand why people, like, why guys would want to be women because, like, the one thing that women can do that men can't is wear dresses. But I just don't understand why, like, women would want to be men. And I'm like, I can think of a couple reasons. 
But she also like voluntarily opted into an explicitly patriarchal religion. So I'm like, I don't think a lot of those are going to fly. Is your mom a lesbian? She's like, I would never want to be a man. Men are gross. Women are pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just had the much more salient conversation about, you know, the, the inner experience and how there does seem to be a gender dysphoria mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, oh, you know, like I never thought about it like that. And here's the thing is that she's a teacher, right? Oh, God. She's not an asshole or anything. That's not my concern. My concern is this, is they go through like, you know, training courses and everything. Like, here's how to talk to them. Here's how to do everything. And I'm like, did nobody talk to you about this shit before? Did they just go up and they're like, so here's like trans is a thing now. And like, here's how to do. But there was no discussion of like what that is or what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Public school system, knocking it out of the park as usual. As usual. Failing again. Always always nailing it. Forever and always. Never any flaws. Yeah. For the record, I need to get myself some dresses because it's too goddamn hot. Far too. For real. It's so warm. I saw on TikTok there's some guy who's been developing gender neutral dresses for all body types. Good. Want that. Because I talked about this on stream, how it's hard to find dresses for assigned male at birth people because like dresses designed for female assigned at birth, like they have like like narrower shoulders and they have have a space for like the titty and like other things like that that people assign male at birth. Like it just doesn't fit their body type just because it's made for like a different type of body. Yeah, it's like how female body people have to like get specific suits, whether they're cis or trans or whatever. It's like the same thing for dresses, I would assume. Yeah, because they just it just doesn't fit the same way and it just doesn't look right. And like you can you can compensate for these things. But there's a certain point where it's like, well, why don't we just make inclusive clothing that any person of, like, assigned sex can wear, right? They'd make a lot of money, too. They'd make a ton of money doing that. It'd also just be more convenient for everybody. <laughs> I'm fully in support, obviously, of, like, you know, men being able to make wear dresses and dresses being made to fit male bodies. But I strongly suspect that you're going to be limited in uh, what you can do if you're specifically designing something that can work on both a male body and a female body. And I suspect that you're going to get a lot further by making dresses for male-bodied people and for female-bodied people than trying to like basically make something that fits everyone. I don't know if you can actually do one size fits all with dresses. Well, I mean, you could you could design, you could make like a design for a dress and then like make variants for both. You but, know what I mean? But then you also don't have to classify them as like, oh, this is for, but just being like, these are shorter ones and these are thinner ones. I think would make more sense. Like, I prefer men's pants more so, but that's just because I like the high-waisted without making my cooter look weird. <laughs> and on the note of the weird cooter... I'm just stop talking about my cooter in the fucking cold open. <laughs> uh, take it away, Marilyn. Hello, friends and foes alike to another episode of your weird coworker's favorite Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast, Tales of Bone and Ice. Today with me, as I always am, is me, Marilyn, playing Maris, the Dragonborn Paladin. Joining me is Grimhild, playing Sukankana, the teenage angst-riddled Kalishtar druid, and accompanying the both of us is Kandercor, playing Condemned, the large and in charge Goliath fighter of the group. And to lead us into death and glory, both in and out of this podcast, is our dungeon master, Brian. Now, come along with us as we traverse not only our icy homeland, but the scorching desert as well, in order to further unfurl the mysteries surrounding this wacky and terrifying world. That's how you intro, bitch. <laughs> yeah. That was dope. That was great. Thank you. Get some. Look at you. Writing down your intro, reading your character sheet. Who are you? And what have you done with Marilyn? Motherfucker's here to fight. This is Marilyn, but not going to school right now. Yeah. My brain is a 
full full ready you know it's open she's at a she's at a top capacity of the last six months she's at maybe 30 percent right now she's just absolutely killing it nice mm. so roll your recap rolls baby not 20 today is my day grim didn't even get out dice <laughs> nope <laughs> i got an eight I didn't listen to anything because I was so disappointed by my equipment issues last time, so I know I'm going to get really bad. <laughs> well, it's seven. Oh! I fucking knew it. This is why I call it every time, because I'm <laughs> always right. Two secret caps. Yeah. Like all straight white guys, I'm always right. So. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Shut up. <laughs> Who said that? That is so weird. Let's see. What happened last time? We were accused of murdering Rando McDead. We gave a whole bunch of shit to Accusation Chan. Then we met up with Bro. Kind of put us more or less immediately in charge of the investigation, which means that it was a missed opportunity to have killed someone. Uh, But, you know, whatever. So we rounded up uh, some witnesses and the likely suspects, brought them into a tent. Uh, Maris killed his lead investigator. Uh, Sukun Kana played a little bit of good cop. <laughs> That's so funny. Condemned play a little bit of uh, kind of crooked cop. We're worse or like cop, nihilist yeah. cop. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Potentially should have gotten fired cop. Yeah, just like murder's fine, but we do need to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you did it. I'm just saying if you did do it, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take my bribe in the form of food, please. <laughs> that got pretty far with the first guy and not far at all with... Um, anybody else in different <laughs> so, ways. Yeah. Big crocodile tears. Uh, let's see. We brought in Accusation Chan. I remember specifically Accusation Chan was just awful. And we all kind of want to pin the murders on her just out of principle now. Oh, that, oh. <laughs> um, and then we brought in the nice girl who's friends with Accusation Chan. Oh, and we learned that uh, McDead was kind of an asshole and had led some of the quote-unquote weaker members of the tribe out. And then they didn't really come back. And he probably could have, you know, made sure that they come back. But, uh, you know, no, they didn't. I think Accusation Chan's brother was one of those people? Yes. Right. Um, And so then her bestie came in to get interrogated by Maris and more or less immediately raged and turned into some sort of demon thing and less important to the plot but much more important to all of our hearts bonesmith kun apparently knew maris's grandfather which immediately distracted everybody (laughs) (laughs) murder what yes and he is who condemned is currently talking with outside while Maris is dealing with Rage Demon inside the interrogation room. Situation. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm by myself. Yeah, you sure are. We're with you in spirit. <laughs> with that in mind, everybody, could you roll initiative? Do I do this with disadvantage because I'm outside the tent? No. Okay. So not to like sound like a cheating cheater, but I've been playing D&D outside of this party and <laughs> I've been playing a rogue and it's like a plus 30 to initiative and now Maris is plus zero and it's different. I got a five. 
13. Eight for me. All right, so in a horrible twisting turn of events, the horrible, disgusting monster goes first. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Fuck sakes. Just for everybody at home who has played video games, which I assume is maybe half of the listening audience or something, maybe a bit more than that. You fucking nerds. Uh, it sort of looks like a big, tall, dead space demon with a bunch of disgusting arm spikes and a really distorted, pained expression on their face. Oh, come on. No, you can, you, you can give a more thematic thing than that. That. Yeah, give give us give us more. I've never played Dead Space. Try something like you know, like it's it, it's massive. It, it hunches over you at six and a half feet tall. It's it's maw opens. Mm-hmm. Uh, spittle flies out as like rage it twists. Of death and decay. Yeah, not just its face, but its entire form. Wearing socks and sandals. Yeah. Four arms crouching towards. Come on, something, something. Okay, you Chelsea, should... cut that all shit. Right, Let right. your husband try again. Okay, all right, all right. A disgusting, twisted farce of humanity stands before you. Five different spiked arms protrude from various different areas of the torso. The agony ripples down from its eyes all the way into its gut, and you can see the sinewy, bony muscles seem to bend at uncomfortable and unnatural ways as it suddenly lunges over the table, reaching out towards you with its disgusting, spiky arms. See? Now I'm hard. Now now I'm erect. I'm dry. Just terrified dry. (laughs) The look of horror on Grimm's face is worth it. These are gross. (laughs) All right. Two attacks. Two. Fifteen. Ha, fifteen doesn't hit. All right. Bitch. The the horrible, bony, sinewy arms slap at you, and they just seem to effortlessly ping off of your armor as it howls in sorrowful agony. Anyway, uh, Condemned, it's your turn. You hear some screaming and some and some pinging inside. Some slapping noises. Okay, so... So Condemned looks up from his very involved uh, shop talk conversation with the Boneforger, whose name I forget. Vec. Vec, yes. Okay, so he looks up from his conversation. He says, uh, hold that thought. And he starts running in towards the tent. Uh, because we're standing a little ways out outside of earshot, I assume I pretty much need to use uh, my movement and my action to dash just like inside of the tent can i get inside of the interrogation room you can get inside of the interrogation room if you use your action and your all your movement all right so i do that i burst through i witness what is past sukunkana and everyone else (laughs) you guys just hear horror from one room and then you hear thud 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 (laughs) 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 and then the camera stays in that room as you just hear condemn what the fuck and that's his turn. <laughs> All right. And then Maris, you just got attacked by this horrible monster and also condemned just doof, 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 like an Olympic athlete ran into the room. I think so. Accusation Chan, right? Uh, this is not Accusation Chan. This is Julie. Oh, sorry. Right. She's not like the other girls anymore. <laughs> She's not like anything anymore. <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit it. Cool. That's a good way to start. Strong start. Wait, do I have bonus actions? It depends. Is it like preparing smites and stuff? Smite is a full... Oh, it's a bonus action. Why didn't it pop up under bonus? You're stupid. So you have spells that are smites that you can prepare before you attack? Are you talking about inspiring smite? No, searing. Okay, yeah. So if you hit with that and then you you spend a spell slot to also do divine smite, that's called a double smite. 
And that's why paladins do so much damage. Oh, fuck. Should I do that? Yeah, let's let's fuck this bitch up. All right. Let's go right off the bat. Okay, so I'm going to use... Okay, how do I do <laughs> You pick a spell smite from your bonus actions. Yeah, so I have a searing smite. Okay, so you cast the spell searing smite. You sort of put your hand along the side of your blade as it begins to ignite in flame. Okay, so it deals an extra 1d6 fire at the start of each of its turn. Until the spell ends, the target must make a constitution saving throw. Yeah. So that's when ne- when you hit the enemy next. So now I'm going to hit it with my greatsword. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> okay, so that's 17 plus 8 to hit, so 25. That hits. Fuck, yeah, it does. And then 2d6 plus 5. So that's 5 plus 4, so 9 plus 5 is 14 damage. Plus a d6 because of your searing smite. Oh, yeah, plus 1d6 is 5. Okay. So f- 19. 19. And are you going to hit with another smite on top of that? Because you can burn a spell slot to hit with a divine smite. So you can add two more d8. Can, can I burn a one, a, a level 1 spell slot? Yep. Well, then fucking yeah, yeah. All right. Wait, what is that? 2d8? Yes. Wow. I know that this is really riveting, guys. <laughs> I just really want to. I really want to impress everybody. This is D and D combat, man. Yeah. <laughs> six plus six. That's twelve. Okay, so nineteen plus twelve is thirty-one. That's a lot of damage. Um, and then they have to make a a con. A con thirteen. Okay, so they rolled a fourteen. So I don't think that they are on fire, bitch. On a failed save, it takes 1d6 fire damage. That was a successful one. On a failed save, it takes 1d6 fire damage. On a successful save, the spell ends? Yes. So it still gets hit with an extra 1d6, but next time, it's it just the spell's over. So. Oh, so now it doesn't next time. So it still takes that damage. Yes, okay. I'm going to point at it, and I'm going to say, I found you out. No, <laughs> I'm going to say, Jacuz. Of, of what? Because <laughs> I found it out. We did the whodunit, and it was that. It was Julie. Julie Jacuz. <laughs> Nailed it. So you do have another attack. I have two attacks? Yeah, level five, you get two attacks. Oh, fuck, I'm good. Okay. Well, I'm just going to hit it with my fucking sword. Duh. Duh. Duh, I'm going to hit my sword. Uh... So yeah, I'm going to say, after I hit it a fuck ton, I'm going to say, Jacuz, bitch. And then I hit it. That's a 10 plus 18. That hits. <laughs> Three plus five is eight. Well, just the two. So eight plus five. 13? Uh, so you, you lay into this monster with incredible conviction. Uh, you slash across its chest and then you slash it down from collarbone to hip and it screams out in horrendous pain as its arms flail in all directions, hoping to latch onto anything. And Sukunkana, it's your turn. Okay, so Sukunkana, standing in the room that, that Condemned just ran past, stands there for a couple more seconds just thinking about should I be doing something? And then decides, yes, she should be doing something, and then runs into the room. All right. <laughs> After she hears more screaming. <laughs> you run into the room, and you, you come across this scene of chaos. So Sukun Kanda's knee-jerk reaction is to cast Hold Person on the creature. Ooh. Do it. So the creature is not a person. Is it a humanoid? No, it's a monstrosity. Lame. So the spell does not work. <sighs> Well, now I have to think of something new to do. <laughs> Good. I've still got a few more levels before the caster beats me at my game. <laughs> <laughs> that does burn your action. Oh, so I lose my... Okay, great. Yeah, but you did learn that it's not a humanoid. Did learn that I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't really do anything. I guess I'll cast Starry Form to bring out Tawu. Okay. And I'll attack it. Yeah, you can do that. 
Uh, so she takes on the form of Constellation, draws back her Celestial Bow, and I rolled a 24 to hit. Sure fucking did. Get it, girl. Wee woo. What's the damage? Six. So as you do this, you, you run in, you, you try to stop it in its tracks. It doesn't seem to take any effect. You take the form of your Dawu, you fire off a bow, and it glances off the side of its face, uh, causing a bit of uh, structural damage to its cheeks. To its cheek. Not to its cheeks. That's, that's a different thing. I scraped its booty. <laughs> it's its turn. Uh, <laughs> and it turns to, to Maris, who just landed this horrendously painful blow upon its body and swipes out with two of its spiky tendrils yet again. 16? Nope. It seems to be falling apart and <laughs> unable to do anything. <laughs> it's because I outsmarted it. Yeah. <laughs> During the Who Done It episode, <laughs> it begins to 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 weep tears of black ichor. Ew. Condemned. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna walk up to it. It is currently on the table, is it? It leaped over the table to get at Maris. So is it on the opposite side of the table now? Yes. Okay. Cool. Wait. How big is the room? Uh, room's about fifteen twenty square feet. Okay. How tall is it? I'd say like standard sort of eight nine feet tall all right well he's gonna hunch over a little bit then and he's gonna say uvard so <laughs> become large man yeah he's gonna become large it is a tent so it's i know but he doesn't <laughs> want to like collapse it around mm-hmm. and he is going to make an athletics check and what he wants to do is to basically grab this thing and then slam it down on the table all right so we'll do contested athletics yes sir all right, so that is 12 plus 7. Yep, so 19 total. 24. Of course. He's going to do it again. It's a 14. 19. Yep, of course. Oh my God. You know what? I just want to do it. Let's just keep going. Let's action surge. <laughs> action surge. <laughs> really? Just, you just You're... keep pushing this thing down, trying to get it on the table. All right, 23. 19. Finally. <laughs> okay. Now, So you're able to slam this thing down on this table. Right, so I just like... And then slam stay down and i'm going to try and elbow it now so it's as it slams down on the table it's prone yes okay so as long as i'm holding there it's prone which means people making attacks within five feet of it get advantage including miss maris mm. so this is looking real executioner blocky to me fuck yeah <laughs> oh fuck yeah and i'm gonna try and just pile drive its face sure so that is a 26 to hit which i Assume is a hit. Yeah. I hope is a hit, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and that is nine points of bludgeoning damage. All right. This very dramatic scene takes a sudden turn for the almost comical. As you take this horrible, flailing, spiky monster, slam its head down on the table, and then sort of elbow it in the back of the head like a Tony Jaw movie. I, I like to think it's an inspiring contest of strength, really. And I end my turn. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Maris. Mm-hmm. You now see this uh, young girl who's taken the form of this horrible monstrosity pinned to the table as if it were a chopping block. Wait, how old was she? I thought she was a woman. I'm not a girl. Both her and Kale were definitely under 20. Oh. But you wouldn't necessarily know that because you, I don't know if you're how familiar you would be with the age of lizards, dragonborn and stuff. 
Okay. Because I don't think you said that before. I just imagined her as like someone in her like mid-20s. Mm, me too. Or like early 30s. Oh, I imagined like 40. Yeah, I kind of feel a little, bit, a little bit worse about strongly considering pinning a murder on Accusation Chan now. She's just a <laughs> shitty teenager. That's just like what teenagers are like. She's just a teen. She's just a kid. They're like Sukunkana age. Okay, that's that's more forgivable then. Yeah, but I mean, she's also a giant fucking monster at this point, so I don't think... Well, I mean, yeah, we're gonna have to kill this one. <laughs> probably. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Maybe we don't need to kill her. I was thinking we could try to get Kale accusation Shannon here to calm her down was my idea. Oh, yeah. I was also kind of thinking of not beheading it. I was also kind of thinking of like grapple her letting the people do what they want and then bring Kale in and maybe Yeah, maybe that's what Sukun Kana can do. She can bring Kale in to, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to do next turn. Yeah, excellent. Okay. I like that idea. Mm. Okay. I'm going to get the shit beat out of me in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> sure are, bud. I sure am. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I should do then because I don't want to behead it, but like I want to you can do non-lethal damage. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going, so I'm going to take my greatsword and I'm going to try to like slash at its limbs more so just to kind of help it to like make it to like stop flailing as much. She, she has played Dead Space. <laughs> you what? In Dead Space, you have to like shoot the limbs off of the aliens. Oh. Yeah. Roll numbers. With advantage. You get advantage because it's uh, prone and grappled and shit. Yeah. And as I'm hitting, I'm going to be like, listen, just because you're sad doesn't mean you get to murder. Shunk. Just because it needs to learn. But also, I only rolled a four plus eight, 12. With advantage? Oh, no. A seven plus, 15? <laughs> yeah, that hits. Hey! Okay, good. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! I got partial credit for this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, 2d6 plus, so five plus five, 10 plus 15. Okay, so- you, For the first one. So you take your greatsword and you, you basically say like, <laughs> no, you have to stop all this chaos. And then you chop one of the arms clean off. Ooh. What? It flies off into the distance and disintegrates and melts into sand. Ew. You have another attack. Perfect. <laughs> oh my God. So much for getting someone to calm her down. I don't know. I wonder if this is like a sandy exoskeleton. And if we strike too deep, if we're going to start finding person underneath. Oh, that's what I'm going for the limbs. You know, you got to shave off. You got to carve the bark. Good call. All right. What'd you, what'd you get? Uh, 18 to hit. That hits. And then six plus two, eight. Plus five, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay. Uh, so you take your blade out and you do you go for another limb like you just did. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't fly off. Instead, uh, the the spike is facing downward and it gets buried into the table, so it's now fixated and stuck in there. Nice. <laughs> it's still pinned and stuff, but it looks really mangled and messed up. Uh, is it the end of your turn? Yeah, that's that's all I can do. All right. Up next, Sukunkana. Your sister runs into the room, concerned, confused, and as she sees what's going on, she looks at all three of you and says, What are we doing? What's the plan? I, I need I need Kale in here. I think we can calm it down. It seems to care about her. Okay. And then she runs out. I thought this was her quest. And now it's your turn. You guys, don't kill them. Don't kill her. See, this is why I was going to hold person them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, because the whole person is ridiculously powerful against a single opponent. Because they are restrained, and that means that... No, no, they're, they're not restrained, they're, they're paralyzed. paralyzed. Oh, they're paralyzed, and that means that hits are criticals. Yes. Oh, that's what that means, cool. What do you get, Grimmy? The table's made of sand, right? Uh, it seems to be potentially made of something sand-like, yes. But it's also bleeding black ichor, or crying black ichor. The sand is? The monster. 
No, not the monster. The table's made of sand. Oh, the table is made of sand. Yes. Cool. I want to use mold earth to take the earth out of underneath it. Yes. To kind of put it like lower. All right. Like kind of just drop that. Like I want to shift the sand so it moves out from underneath them and kind of like, like buries them. Like, you know, like actual sand. <laughs> so that would be. To kind of restrain. I want their head to be out, but mm-hmm. you know. That would be two uses of the spell. So if you do that once and then try to do that again next turn, if Kandra's able to keep it uh, stuck there, then that could work. Are you doubting my rolls for some unknown reason? <laughs> Anybody can roll the one multiple times in a combat. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> for real, though. Oh, yeah, that's more likely. Yeah. She burned my fucking hand off. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, I guess I will just cast Enhance Ability on Condemned. That's a good call. Yeah. Quite smart. So that he, so I can just be like, keep him still, and I cast uh, Enhance Ability on him. I already have... Uh, advantage on strength checks. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, those shitty rolls were with advantage. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, sorry. I thought I had this. I thought I had this all. It's okay. I thought I had this all figured out, but I don't. I don't really have any good combat spells on. Can you try to pin it even more into the sand? No, I, can't. I need two actions to do that, and I can't do it. Like, you could do that this turn, and then you could also do that on your next turn. So it could be like just use of two turns. Yeah, but they might get out by then, so. You could just like produce flame it. Well, like she doesn't want to hurt them though. Can you build it a little sand like snowman and then we'll dress it like (laughs) Kale in case Kale doesn't want to talk to it? Yeah, and just be like, look, uh, be nice. Your friend, yeah, Kale's here. (laughs) That'd be so funny actually. And we'd be like, hey, it's Kale. Stop being a bitch. (laughs) She's made of sand? Sort of. Like she's made of something that's like sand-like material. When her arm flew off, it turned into sand. That doesn't mean she's necessarily made of sand. But by all means, like whatever you're thinking of experimenting, just just give it a shot. What if you spray her down because then she'll turn into mud? Yeah, but I don't want her to die. <laughs> blast, blast another leg off. That's. I don't want to permanently maim them. That's, that's what healing is for. I don't know. We really came a long way from murdering Bill Luckyfoot to trying to spare this big monstrosity. (laughs) And I think that's gross, and I'm really proud of us. Truly, it is a full-ass character arc. I guess, I don't know, I'll just, can I hold my action? Honestly, you could just cast Shillelagh and then, like, hit her with a stick. Yeah, I guess I'll just cast Shillelagh. All right. I don't, I'm kind of, I don't really have a lot of options right now for what she (laughs) wants to do, because I was aspect, I I put all my spells towards murder mystery this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine by me, because from what you people have told me, the the people who like uh, Condemned like him because they empathize with being a marshal. And waiting five minutes for the druid to decide to cast a cantrip is just the most martial mood. <laughs> well, I had other plans. I just can't execute them. I thought it over and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this this turn. And then I was like, oops, can't do it. <laughs> NVM, JK. <laughs> All right, do you say anything whenever you hit her with your stick? Uh, I just do a little bop and I'm like, stop it. That sounds right. <laughs> you, am I telling the, the, the listeners what you got for your numbers? Uh, I got a nine damage and 18 to hit. Okay. You bop her on the head. Bonk. Stop it. Bad monster. <laughs> also, it counts as magical in case that mattered. Mm. Like for resistances or anything. It doesn't matter, but I forgot about that. So the the monster begins to twist and shift and is trying to get up, but it feels like it won't be able to. So instead it turns its 
spiky death upon you condemned and swings at you with horrible disadvantage and gets a 19 which is one above my ac and yeah i was gonna say enough wow okay yep cool unexpected that okay and it does 13 damage with its first hit okay rolling again to attack you again with its next arm spike all right i'm also gonna use stone's endurance on that one okay so that's cool i got five reduced all right and it attacks you again and this one misses it, it seems to forget that one of its arms is impaled into this table and is unable to move it out yeah so like condemned like slams down into its face and then it like slashes at his arm yeah uh, and at this point kale comes in and sees the situation uh with moramdu and uh you guys didn't tell moramdu what was happening you just said we need kale yeah so kale's here and she starts to scream yeah because this is terrifying forgot she was a screamer <laughs> what's going on what is that that's actually a good question where's i don't julie what <laughs> where's julie oh this is julie this is who this is Ju- julie is this you don't know what this is no why would i know that she vomits in the sand not you i thought she might know that julie does this sometimes does she not do this oh i mean that's reasonable ah fuck (laughs) (laughs) you hear julie's form uh whisper in a echoey inhuman tone it just says does that mean you're going to stop And then as you hear the noises, as it begins to sort of bubble and writhe in your hands, it seems like there's there's bursts of air pockets full of sand start to pop around its body. And since you're holding it, can I get a constitution saving throw? Yeah, Condemned's, condemned's getting some uh, flashbacks to the last time <laughs> something the sand started uh, acting weird. I was nervous that was going to happen. Yeah, so this that was like a 24 or something. Okay, so you only take eight damage. Ah, eight damage. That's not too bad. All right. And as the sand explodes out from its body, there's a one-armed form of Julie being held down under your Goliath grasp, still weeping the black ichor from her eyes. I'll take that as a maybe. It's my turn now, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Break her neck. (laughs) I want to do something, and I suspect it's going to result in me taking more damage. As I see those little explosions, as I see Julie's humanoid or lizardoid form beneath it, I want to reach, try and reach directly into one of the exploding bits to skip past the sand and just grab her and then just wrench her form out. Give me a dexterity save. Okay. I'm super good at those. Oh, wow. Maybe I am. 18? Okay, so you're able to reach in relatively quickly and then give me an athletics check to try to pull her out. All right. Do you have advantage because you're big? With advantage because you're big. And that's a one and a five. (laughs) So that is a 12. So you reach your hand in and you're able to get it in fast enough, but you're not able to get a good enough grasp around her, but your hand begins to become enveloped in the bubbling, boiling sand. And you are going to take some damage. <laughs> that's fair. Constitution save, please. Uh, that's another five, so twelve. Okay, so you take nineteen damage. Yeah, I'm really glad us Goliaths get to stones endurance a little bit more often now. Yeah. 
Jesus. Okay, so you said 19, right? Yeah. So I reduced that by 14, so that's just five. Holy. All right. Nice. Uh, but because of this, your grapple on her has now switched to her grapple on you. Yeah. Uh, the old switcheroo. I feel like it's a mutual grapple at this point. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It's a hug. I mean, my hand is inside of her body. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. You are also frightened. Oh, we're just going to skip past that? Okay. <laughs> you are also considered frightened. That's unfortunate. Uh, I had a spell that was like, you won't get, your your friend doesn't get frightened. I was like, that's stupid. It's okay. <laughs> and now for the really fucked up part. Oh, good. We're just getting started, baby. When you are grappled by this creature at the end of your turn, which I assume it is. Yeah. You take 6d8 psychic damage. I actually just remembered as I said that, that I have a bonus action to second wind, which I would want to do. Yep, you can do that. Okay, so that's an extra 13, which I'm going to need. Yeah, you take 20 psychic damage as you feel the guilt and the shame and the fear of death bore into your mind and you are now experiencing all the emotions that turn Julie into this monster. You killed someone. She killed someone. She shouldn't have done that. It was a mistake, but it felt like the right thing to do at the time. And now she feels guilty. Cool. All right. I don't suppose I have resistance because I already went through that character arc. Nope. It, it's kind of like... It'd be like it, it sends you back into those emotions. I feel like... Do you want to roll a sanity roll? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why should I start getting good rolls now? <laughs> I don't know. Nine. Okay, so you are frightened, but you're also unable to withhold your Goliath's strength in your fear, and your giant hand begins to sort of slowly crush around her lizard waist. Okay, okay, so that's, I, I can actually make that work canonically. So as you'll recall, uh, or may or may not recall, uh, Condemned's reaction to that guilt was rage. So uh, he's trying to push past the uh, feeling of guilt by tapping into that as he's brought back into that psychic dark place. Uh, Maris, it's your turn. Condemned looks fucked up right now. So what does Julie look like right now? You can see parts of her humanoid form within these Swiss cheese sort of sand armor that she's kind of wearing around her body. Gross. Okay. She has one arm because the arm that you cut off was one of hers. Well. <laughs> Shit happens. Well, turn into a monster, you might lose an arm. <laughs> so can I use command on her? It is a wisdom save. I think so. It says to just a creature within range. Yeah. Cute. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to see Condemned looking not so hot and like seeing the Swiss cheese monster. And I think I just kind of pity it, but I'm also kind of just like mad at it still. So I'm going to just look at it and I'm going to say, Julie, grovel. (laughs) So the target falls prone and then ends its turn if it does a wisdom 13 save. It got a six. Oh! Hey! Uh. Well, I mean, she's already prone, but she's lost a turn, so... Good. Uh, Sukunkana, it is your turn. And also, incidentally, your sister asks you what to do. <laughs> Big surprise. Okay, uh, I'm gonna turn to Kale. 
She's in the room, right? She's crying and screaming. Is she close and... to me? Yes. All right, I'm going to grab her by the shoulders, and I'm going to look her in the eye, and I say, Kale, you need to calm down, because that's your friend, and she's not going to make it unless you can help her. Can you do that for her? <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. What do I do? Okay, I need you to talk to her. I need you to help her. And I'm going to actually cast Enhance Ability on Kale. Oh, okay. So that she has a higher chance of calming down her friend. Okay. And she says, if you don't help her, we're going to have to kill her because she's dangerous. Okay, okay, okay. And then she stands up and she rolls her shoulders back and she looks at Kale, or looks at Julie. And do you have anything else to do with your turn before she does some stuff? Yeah, I'm going to cast Healing Word as a bonus action. Uh, so Enhance Ability is a leveled spell, so you could only cast a cantrip bonus action. I don't know, I'll do a little jig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? So do you do a jig? <laughs> I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. What am I supposed to do? I mean, you can still shoot her. How is shooting her going to make Kale do better at calming her friend down? It's going to upset her more. You also see Condemned looking really, really not like himself, like you know him to be. Oh, sorry. Can I cast Healing Word? No? Okay. No. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Grim is a sass machine today. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just want to do cool shit. I'm out of options. <laughs> Walk in a little circle. Kale looks at her friend and just begs and pleads with Julie to please, please stop this. It was, I don't know what's going on, but you're, this is not who you are. You're my friend. Okay, please pull yourself together so that they don't have to kill you. Roll a persuasion check. At advantage. Oh, holy shit. That's a one and a nat 20. And since she had advantage. Oh, nice. Holy shit. Since she had advantage, she got it. Oh my God, saved lives. You, you feel Julie's form, the sand, begin to dissipate from around your hand and her body. But you are still in the same place that you are. So your grip continues to tighten on her, slowly crushing her hips and her rib cage with your Goliath grasp. I know, you want some, you lose some. <laughs> Ribs. Everybody, you see Condemned slowly crushing this now helpless young girl in his hands. Well, it's my turn, right? Do I get a saving throw of some sort? You sure do a charisma save. Oh, perfect. It says you're, you're trying to, inf uh, to inflict your will upon the situation. Well, I got a two. <laughs> My God, dude. This is... <laughs> Holy fuck. So you, you're, you're, you're good at this kind of thing. What do you do? <laughs> I'm trying to think of how dark I want to go with this. This is an adult horror comedy podcast. So you better make it fucking funny. <laughs> make it funny. Okay. No. No. <laughs> well, I mean, do what you want, you know? Okay. Condemned wouldn't say much because even when he was younger and a lot more violent, he didn't speak a lot. Um, he had a temper, but he wasn't very vocal. He tended to be fairly, uh, not quite reserved, but you know what I mean. So he is inside of his own head. But for the viewer's information, the psychological uh, emanation has brought him to, uh, when he was younger, when he was still dealing with the guilt in very toxic ways, 
Uh, and he is brought back to a recurring thought, this recurring thing that he would have when he was younger of blaming the girl that he killed for everything that had befallen him. And he is reliving this sort of dark sort of the satisfaction that he took in uh, reliving the thing as if like she caused me all of this damage, but at least I got her. You cannot see that. But there is a twisted look of almost satisfaction on Condemned's face. And you don't know the source of that, but the viewers do. And they can judge him and me for creating him. For, for a scarce moment, the room falls to a near silence beside the, the groaning and creaking and cracking of the rib cage and spine and hips of this young girl as she cries out in horrible agony is condemned crushes most of her torso how much damage do you do oh my god (laughs) well i guess that depends so as part of my class and my fighting style i would naturally deal 1d4 damage because she's grappled by me Mm -hmm. and i would also probably be doing the 1d6 extra for giant's might that i forgot to add before but it doesn't matter but i guess it's dm's choice do you think it would just be my unarmed damage i think it would be those three things probably together yeah like, like yeah so that is 2d6 plus 1d4 plus my strength okay well luckily i rolled terrible as usual uh so that is seven plus four so 11 points of bludgeoning damage <laughs> i did a little bit of like deciding in my head right before i heard you say the numbers and i was like okay so if he does more than 10 damage but, like, it's probably not going to happen. When has Condemned ever done more than 10 damage? You <laughs> would never. He's not that kind of guy. I love that the one time you, like, do your job right is murdering this girl. So she doesn't even get death saves? She's an NPC. Well, yeah, but she's not a monster enemy. Commoners don't get death saves. And if we're being honest, Condemned in this moment in time is not trying to preserve her life because he got a two on his charisma check. You can feel the lung, the air escape from her lungs through the grasp that you have just under her rib cage, and everyone else sort of hears the squelch of life leave her body as Condemned's hand comes away covered in black ichor. You return to yourself, and you also shrink down to normal size. Um, Sukunkana looks at Condemned and raises her celestial bow at him. Because she didn't know what was going on. She just saw him kill someone that was finally calming down. And she looks at Condemned in the eyes and she says, What the fuck was that? So Condemned, you see like the the look on his face is like the the heavy breathing. Kind of like slows down. And he looks down at his hands. Condemned looks at the young woman that he just killed. And when Sukunkana says that... He looks up at her and there's a moment of like, like that moment where you realize that you've done something horrific as he looks around, he's assuming as I said for a second that this is a dream. He realizes that it's not. And then he backs away very violently. Like he's afraid from Sukun Kana and he backs, he backs into the back of the tent and if it is possible for him to do so, he's literally just going to rip the tent from the bottom of the uh, of the sand and just book it. As you do so, everyone who was told to go home is still outside 
uh, they're wandering around, they're gossiping, they're talking, and they see you effectively rip open this tent and part of it collapse to the ground as you sprint off. I don't know where you're going, but you are going fast. Yeah, he, he just aims for like at the nearest edge of the encampment that he can, and he's just like fucking off. You just, as you book it as far as fast and far as you can out into the distance, everyone else, you see him him leave. What do? Sukun kind of is going to whistle for her, lis- her lizard, for her kishki, and chase after him. <laughs> Your lizard is back home. Oh, right. Okay. Well, in that case, she sighs, and I'm assuming, has he made it 60 feet away yet? Mm, I'm going to say that, yeah, he's just got to 60 feet away. You're going to cast a little person on me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i am <laughs> all right but actually okay so she's gonna raise she's gonna raise up her hand and she's about to cast hold person and she kind of like watches his like running away figure and then like sort of her eyes light up as though she's casting a spell and then it kind of looks as though she like she fails the spell but she didn't actually finish casting it and she just let him run I think Maris walks over to Sukunkana too and just kind of... She, she looks at Maris and she says, should I kill him? Because I could. I don't think you should yet. No. I have 240 feet of guiding bolt. I could kill him. I think we need to give him some time. I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> Kale cries out, he killed my friend. That's what happened. Sukunkana walks back into the room. Um, and she kind of looks, She, I want to use Reach Beyond on the body. Yeah, hell yeah. I rolled a 27 because I got a nat 20. <laughs> okay. She doesn't even look at Kale. She doesn't even talk to her. She just goes over the body and starts investigating it. As you investigate the body and you use Reach Beyond, the connection is uncomfortably fresh. You can feel that if there were a way to bring her back right now, it could be done. You can tell that if you were to try to bring her back to life, there's a guilt and a shame that would keep her from allowing herself to come back. There's a degree of her spirit that believes that this is what she deserved. So, okay, this is up to your discretion as a DM, because I'm going to do stuff that is not in the game. So I want to try to kind of like mind link-esque to the energy that I can sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to like lean down and like, can I just burn like, I don't know, like a third level spell slot to try to do this, to try to connect? Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can absolutely give it a shot. We'll say you burn your third level spell slot and then you're going to need to do a wisdom saving throw as well because you've never mind linked with something that had so recently died. Claymore and, and Alexander are nothing like this. I have advantage on wisdom, which is a good thing because I rolled not good. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a 17 because I rolled a 2 and a 10. Damn! Okay. <laughs> they gotta have advantage. I wonder what it's like for advantage to be useful. <laughs> mm, yeah, go figure, huh? <laughs> Feels so good. So as you are able to just barely, barely link your mind to a freshly dead soul specifically because of your connection to the great beyond it hurts a lot the wailful agony burns in your soul and it reminds you of that dream that you had where you woke up and felt like you had done something wrong and pieces of it come back to you you remember seeing maha as a grotesque horrible monster you remember seeing lots of wildlife and 
lots of flora and fauna all around you. It feels similar to when you woke up and you were angry and afraid, and you hear Julie's voice screaming out to you, please let me go, let me die. This is torture. Why are you keeping me here? I deserve this. Please let me go. Let me die. I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have a second part to this. <laughs> I didn't think this was shit would work. <laughs> I didn't think this fucking through. <laughs> I'm assuming her eyes are like glowing and going crazy as hell right now, hey? <laughs> Maris. Sukun kind of looks fucked up right now. Do you, it's sort of like early on when um, it seemed like she was getting help from a being from beyond or some sort. Uh, it sort of feels like that right now is taking the place of her eyes. Okay, so Sukun kind is going to say to Julie, she says, this is your last chance to say goodbye to Kale. And then she mind links to Kale. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> You're fucked. Damn. Kale grabs her temple and falls to the ground and is writhing in mental anguish. Kale, you need to calm down. This is Julie. You need to say goodbye. Her eyes are rolling into the back of her head as Julie's consciousness is too overwhelming for her. As you say, calm down, it's like you're talking to a brick wall. There's nothing registering. All she's experiencing is the agony of the freshly dead. God, these people just can't give us anything. We try and give them some peace. and Honestly, get... like, I'm doing my best here. I, ca- I even cast Impansibility on her earlier, and she isn't even using it. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she get a le- at least a saving at throw? At least a saving throw. Come on. <laughs> okay, she rolled a two. You're lying. (laughs) No, I believe it. You know what? Everything about this woman has convinced me that she just, her character wants us to be sad and disappointed. Yeah. Right? I think we just have to kill Kale, honestly. (laughs) I'm out here trying to do good things for them and they're not even trying. Okay. All right. Soon kind of disconnects from Kale because obviously Kale is not good at this. (laughs) Why? You're just like, you're so like mean. She's just like a normal person. You just brought a normal person thing into like what is going to become like a demigod status individual. Like that's how D&D works. You, You grow in levels. Like a level five person is like 10 commoners. Yeah. And Sukun kind of is 17 and thinks that her experience is universal. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing though, because so Sukun kind of got a nat 20. Would this not imply that Sukun kind of is kind of acting or or could Sukun kind of use that as a means to be the buffer? Yeah. That's, that was, that was the buffer. No, 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 no. That's, that's because was her name Accusation Chan seems to be suffering all of the negative effects. Like, there's no buffering happening. Yeah, but she lives. Okay. Ugh, clearly, he's just in a mood, guys. Just let him have his little sad time. Ugh. Condemned killed a child. Ugh. He sucks as per usual. And Maris is here with these fucking chuckle fucks. Perfect. So I disconnect from Kale because Kale isn't having it. Mm. And I say to Julie, and I was like, well, that was your chance. <laughs> Rough. Sorry about all that. I'll deal with Condemned. And then she lets her go. There's a a very quick disappearance of the consciousness that you had and your like your passive knowledge tells you that whatever that was, all that all that spiritual, all that all that energy is now completely gone. This is a empty body. Uh, do you run after condemned? What do you do? Well, I stand up and I kinda look at Kale. Kale is on the floor, her nose is bleeding. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm sick of her. I turned to Marisol. Can you lay on hands, Kale? I think I did some psychic damage to them. I, I guess. What the 
fuck is happening? Well, I tried to let her talk to her dead friend, but it didn't go well. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like you just found out that they like had to like leave their pet at home because their new apartment doesn't take dogs. Oh, <laughs> oh, that'd be way sadder than this. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay, I'll give her. I'll give her five health. Okay, she she takes it and she just balls up and starts crying. This is all too much for her. Since I'm already down there and like near her, I'm just gonna kind of rub her back, and then I'm going to turn my head to Sikankana and I'm gonna mouth what the fuck and then i'm going to kind of give um her a little pat on the back and then i'm just gonna kind of grab sukankana and take her outside the tent uh gromdu keep everyone calm okay uh more amdu is not there where did where did she go she's gone you said she was in the room she was where'd she god damn it she's chasing after condemned isn't she okay well we should probably tell everyone else so i'll go i'll go into the room where everyone else was as you step out there, everyone in there has has left the the tent. Where's Where's my brother? He's standing outside the tent. You can see him outside the door. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, I'll go to him. Sukunkana's so gonna start going after condemned. All right. <laughs> uh, so we'll do Maris and Merth first. Maris, what you did in there, that was... I don't know what the hell happened, but you were incredible. I know. Um, <laughs> listen. So, Julie turned into a big, weird monster. Yeah, I heard something in there. I wanted to make sure everybody got out and was safe, and I was gonna stand guard at the door in case it got out. Uh, well, no, that's fine. Ju- she, Julie's dead. What? What the... You guys had to kill her? Well, she turned into a big monster, and then she did try to kill all of us, and then she got crushed under condemns giant literally giant giant body because he was like like big big have you ever seen that before have you ever seen it turn into like a sand monster before well i haven't seen it but our parents would regularly fight things and they would come home and they'd warn us about stuff and there was something that they called a uh a sorrow sworn they were lost souls that had done things that caused them to have immense grievance and guilt and it consumed them and they became these terrible monsters. There was They tried to save them as often as they could, but they also had to put them down on occasion. It's just the two of us right now. I know that it's a little... Well, just, just listen to me. Whatever happened in there, you guys don't have to worry about any consequences. You're supposed to be in charge here, and I am in charge here. So whatever happened in there, you, we can work this out, okay? People will listen to you and they have been listening to me, so... We can bend things in our favor. Whatever happened in there, you're going to be okay, and your friends are going to be okay, okay? Listen, I don't think there's too much bending of the truth that needs to happen. Julie was a lost soul, like you said, and the grief had fully consumed her. There wasn't... I don't think there was any way that she was going to be able to come back out of this and come back as a whole person. Does Maris believe that? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't, I don't think fully, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, especially because they definitely reacted very strongly to condemned killing of her. I'm gonna need a deception check. Okay. It's a bad look for Meryl or whatever his Merth. name is. Merth. 17. Okay. He's like, okay, well, 
I believe you. Like a fool. <laughs> dumb bitch. You stupid like bitch. A dumb bitch who rolled an eight. He's not a good leader. He's a bad leader. This is like when my brother convinced me that Buckley's tasted good, and then I drank like a bunch of it, and I threw up everywhere because I believed him. Oh, my God. You can overdose <laughs> on that stuff. Okay, well, then you guys really are going to be okay. We don't have to deal with anything. It'll be all right. The thing that needs to get dealt with is Kale. She saw it. She saw the whole thing, and she isn't going to be okay, and her feelings towards Julie are going to cloud her judgment, and they're going to cloud her judgment about Condemned because he had to be the one. Holy shit. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. God. Oh my God. I thought I was going to be playing the most morally compromised character. I fucking love this. This is so immoral. This is unethical as hell. Listen, I had I killed Bill Luckyfoot, remember? And then I had to deal with fucking Fang turning into a great ball of fire. So I'm not, uh, we're, we're doing this as casualty-less as we can. You went from being maybe the most morally upstanding of the group to being like now easily the least. Okay, I think that there's some gray areas here, okay? I didn't kill the kid, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I need to keep this party together so that we can fucking save other people. I think that's what I didn't higher. kill them. I'm just covering it for the person. <laughs> I'm not covering it. I'm... You are! This is exactly what you're doing. This is some true neutral shit. I'm using my political connections to cover up a crime. I'm using my golden bloodline to manipulate facts. You're basically like that lady who was like talking about Donald Trump's alternative facts. Like I'm a PR bitch. Yeah. So he says, I saw condemned running off and I wanted I didn't want to chase him, but I did see that green woman chasing after him as well. So I figured that it would make sense to stay here. Oh, Moram do? She ran after condemned? I mean, I don't know where he was going. I mean, I guess I know now. I understand now the situation, but she was chasing after him. There seemed to be some sort of thing. I guess it was just a misunderstanding and he thought he would get blamed for something. So this this all, this makes sense. You know, he seems like very pragmatic. It seemed like the best idea at the time would be to leave so that in case something got bad, but you guys could, you know, get him back later or something. It makes sense. I understand. But because of who we are, we, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Everybody will believe you and everybody will listen to me when I say that it's okay to believe you. Okay? we're gonna, It's going to be okay. Perfect. Just make sure your people are okay, because clearly guilt and grief can turn anyone into a monster. So I don't want that to happen to my friends, and I don't want that to happen to your community. Are we clear on this? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm going to go get everybody inside now, uh, and we can all we can hold a meeting tomorrow or something tomorrow morning. First thing, we'll 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 talk it all out, and we'll get it all sorted, and everything will be okay. All right. Is any is there any chance that anyone else is going to be one of those sorrow sworn? Is this is this going to trigger anything else in anyone else? Not to my knowledge. I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. It seemed like a very personal thing, so it was just between them. Okay, I'm gonna go. I suppose you should probably I don't know clean up this tent or or, or help somebody or or maybe go after your friend. I don't know what to do. So I'm you, you do your thing. You are much more qualified for this kind of thing than I am. So I'm just going to make sure everybody's inside, okay? You want me to clean like the, the corpse up and stuff? Well, I mean if you if you're willing. Well, do we have a third party person? I got a big bitch to go. I my big guy. <laughs> Your brother's first instinct is to give you complete access to the crime scene for the explicit <laughs> implied purpose of cleaning up any evidence that you want hidden. Oh my god. Oh yes. Oh right. <laughs> oh, god. Just kidding. Just kidding. Scratch that. <laughs> Murder mystery is now us. 
Oh shit, how the turntables. I said it was a missed opportunity to murder someone, and I didn't know I meant it. Oh, can I ask him before he leaves, um, what do you do with your dead? Well, usually we just burn them. You don't have a pit that's secretly full of dwarves to throw them down into? That's what we do. Oh yeah, you guys don't have a magical pit of dwarves? That's super weird. This place sucks. I, I have to go do this. Every, every people are going to start coming and figuring, talking and stuff. Okay, I'll I'll go do this. Okay, so he starts uh, like lobbying, like, all right, everybody, we've figured everything out, so you can go back inside your homes and we'll have a meeting about it tomorrow morning. First thing, first light. I'll explain everything. All right, uh, I'll bring Maris with me as well. You all know she was meant to be here and I wasn't. So everybody, get in, go inside. Curfew is active. I want to try to make eye contact with the people just to kind of like give them like a like a nice nod, just kind of like a like a confident face to look upon. Like it's all dealt with. Don't worry. I want my face to be the one where they see that's just like yes, it's all good. We trust you. We believe you. Persuasion check, please. With advantage, because this is like insane. <laughs> also, I like I, I like how your brother almost sounds like he has his spine when he's doing the leadership thing. Oh, 18 plus five. Okay, people, they're like, yeah, of course, 100%. She, she knows exactly what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing. She's she's just confident. She, she should be leading. This is my town. Uh, we cut uh, to Condemned uh, fucking through the fucking desert. Okay, so actually Condemned would have stopped pretty quickly. A couple hundred feet, but within a minute, he would have stopped. He would have slowed down um, and he would now just kind of like be standing in the dunes sort of looking up at the sky looking up at the stars with an expressionless look on his face uh his hands are resting limply at his sides it's covered in ichor and blood yeah that is where whoever it is uh finds him are you like so inner inner focused that you wouldn't realize that there was even somebody following you i have a perception score of plus zero on a good day ryan <laughs> All right, so so Moram Du calls out to you and she says, uh, uh, Condemned. Condemned. Yes. I come to you from a place right now of no judgment, and I just want to know what happened. I did it again. What did you do? What did you do again? I murdered somebody. Yeah, I know. We're, we're out here in this crazy situation, in this crazy world. Things take a toll on people, and, and sometimes you have to kill people. No. I murdered somebody who did not need to die. Again. I joined this for the wrong reasons. What do you mean? There was a moment. You do not know my story, do you? Or perhaps maybe your mother told you? I was not secretive about my reasons for being in the tribe when asked. Stuff like that you would have told me when it was my turn to lead. When I was young... I beat a girl to death, who did not deserve to die. I thought I had gotten better. I thought I had outgrown the selfish tendencies that made me do this thing. I came to thrive, and I wanted to be part of the community, and I wanted to help. But if I am being honest, that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm with your sister. And Maris, there was a moment when first we journeyed out into the wastes. We were uh, harvesting the bones of Kakin, the ice wolves, and <laughs> your sister took her mask off and she kissed a wolf skull. 
That was the first time that I saw her face, and it was that moment is when I decided to follow her, and I thought that it was my task to assist. I thought your sister was my redemption, just because she looked so much like that girl from my past. But now I realize that was just me being selfish again, looking inward, taking a coincidence and spinning it into something more. And now I have killed again. We don't live in a world or a life where redemption is common. We are peoples who survive. And the four of us are people who thrive. The four of us? He's going to look down at her, and he's still standing very loosely, uh, but he says, You knew that your matriarch was failing and that your tribe needed its assistance. and needed a new leader. You decided to come here because you thought that you wanted to help these people. But you have done essentially nothing while we've done all of the work. While your sister and Maris has led the investigation that has done everything for this. When you came in, it was your sister who told you what it is to do. I don't care about your rituals. I don't care about your philosophy. You haven't earned my respect. I know what it is I have to do. And he is going to walk past her back to the encampment. More Amdu says to you, I know that I haven't earned any respect. I have done nothing so far to prove that I'm worth what it is that my mother has to give to me. Sukunkana deserves it. And if, if there was a way for me to give that to her, I would. But I don't think that I was right in that I'm here to help this tribe of people, these this community of scale folk. I think that what I was here for was to help you. You are more of a pillar to the community of Thrive than I think you give yourself credit for. You are going to be the next Smith Master. Krusk talks about it all the time. You are strong. People look to you and they feel as afraid as they do protected. And I'm going to make sure that you get back to Thrive. Whether I return to Thrive or not is not going to have anything to do with you. And on that, Sukunkana, you sort of crest over a dune. She's panting because she's not good at running. Yeah. <laughs> you see uh, there are more Amdu and Connie gently walking together, and it looks very uncomfortable. Oh, Condemn didn't stop. So he was walking mm. during that entire speech. Yeah, she she was not, but she does eventually, when she stops talking, continue to walk with you as well. Okay. So there's quite a bit of space between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she kind of, she's standing on a dune, like, overlooking them. Like, she has a high ground. She's going to cut off their arms and their legs. Yeah. Yeah. So she stands at the high ground. And she kind of looks down at Condemned from, like, this this hill. And she has a very, like, complicated expression on her face. And she sees that he's not running anymore. Um, and I think Starform lasts for ten minutes or one Yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes. So I think, has it been 10 minutes? I think so. Uh, I think that it would be, you'd have like a couple more rounds of this in you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so she's still glowing, and she's... I, okay, this would look really cool. So she's standing on top of this dune against the night sky, glowing like a constellation. Holding a bow in her hand. Yeah, um, and she's kind of, like, looking down at Condemned, and just kind of, like, she doesn't move. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't mind, like, she just kind of looks at him for a bit. If she's just looking at him, he is going to turn as he sees that you're still in combat mode. And he says, Do not worry, Sukunkana. I am not a threat to you. But also, I ask, please do not fire. It is not your place to judge what I have done. That is for others. Uh, she powers down. <laughs> <laughs> the stars on her on her joints blink out one by one. Uh, her white hair is the only shining thing left on her. And she says, it's a good thing you taught me about being calm. Let's go. Yes. That's worse than yelling. <laughs> Maris, you're at the crime scene alone. Thank <laughs> just like <laughs> Maris is just like reverse engineering how to plant like Kale's fingerprints onto Julie's body. <laughs> when I was I was gonna make a joke about being like, and you guys walk into the tent and all you see is Julie's body being roasted over fire like a pig, just like do 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 do. They said they burned her dead. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, so what do you do? Well, is Kale there too, still just like weeping in the corner? No, Kale, uh... You're in the crime scene alone. Crime scene alone. Kale's gone. Perfect. We have Julie's dead body. Obviously needs to get dealt with because like that might bring an upset to the community if they see it. Yeah, and your brother made sure that everybody was inside their homes. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if I should take the body away to burn it? Do, Do whatever you want. You have the run of the town and the crime scene. Maybe if you are thinking about how to dispose of the body, maybe let the town do its normal ritual. Well, that's what I was thinking, because, like, she just has, like, a normal body. Um, she doesn't have an arm off, but, like, they're, they're going to know tomorrow that she turned into a monster. So, like, that's fine. So I don't really think that there's too much at this crime scene that I need to do. What is, is there anything there that I... Can I do an investigation check? Yes, you can do an investigation check. Okay, because I don't know what to do here. Because I was just going to comfort Kale, but if she fucking left, then bye bye Okay, well, that's a three. So I can't imagine I find too much. So you're investigating, are you investigating the body? Oh, that's smart. (laughs) Now I shouldn't do that because I only rolled a three. Yeah, okay. Okay, so the only thing you find when you look around on the body is a small black, what we would know to be obsidian, but it's just sort of like a, a black crystal that seems to have fallen out of Julie's abdomen. It's on the ground next to her. Gross. Okay, can I wrap it in, like, a cloth so that I don't f- touch it directly? Yeah. I don't want to touch it. She feels weird. This make makes sense. I don't know what to do. Because, like, yeah, I feel like I should let them kind of deal with the body. Can I cover her in anything? Uh, yeah, you can find, like, a bit of tarp. A tarp or, like, well, I mean, the tent is kind of fucked up right now. There's lots of, there's, there's, there's a blanket, there's a tarp, there's stuff around. Perfect. I, yeah, I'll cover her with a blanket and then... Is there... Okay, so we found the crystal. Is her body scathed in either way other than her arm being chopped off? Like, did the hot sand do anything else to her? Or It looks it... like she has something similar to, like... I don't know. Have you ever fallen in sand and, like, sort of, like, messed up your knees or whatever? Not in sand, no. Rocks? Yeah. Her, her body looks like it's covered with a bunch of... Not perforations, but... Imagine, if you will, someone took sandpaper and then rubbed it all over your body for a little while. Gross. Yeah. Also, her abdomen is completely crushed. Ooh, 
by Condemned, remember? I know. I'm just... I was wondering if there was a way that I could heal her body to make it look less bad. <laughs> but I don't think there is without turning, like, taxidermying her. <laughs> and I don't want to taxidermy this kid. <laughs> that doesn't... That seems like a bad waste of my evening. <laughs> Probably a lot of what corners do, actually. Yeah, I'm not a corner. I'm a big lizard. <laughs> I'm a big dragon. That's fair. Just a simple zambo. I truly am. So I feel like the small black crystal is really all I needed to get out of this room. So I think I'll just kind of, like... I, I'll kind of guard the body but i kind of want to keep an eye on like where they kind of left to just to kind of keep just to see if they come back but i have her body covered with a blanket eventually the other three of your companions make their way back to town what do you to do with moron do as well condemns ignoring her not like what do you do with her what do you do and she's also there <laughs> We get rid of her body. <laughs> we kill her. Tempting. This would be one of those very, like, just awkward, silent walks where nobody's, like, talking or making eye contact. It's not really a how it's nice night out kind of walk, I don't think. It's the opposite of when Bill Luckyfoot died, when you had all these poignant ideas about what you wanted to think and say, and you're learning new things. You're like, this is a bad day. <laughs> yeah, this is just a bad day. <laughs> Condemned seems to be at a strange sort of peace. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that more than anything. <laughs> Do you guys show up? Yep. Yep, we show up. Yeah. We go back through that hole that he ripped open. Um... Awesome. Straight to the crime scene. Yep. He's going to look down at the body and then look up at you. And since you're both in the room, it seems appropriate. So, what happened after I left? Maris is going to give a very pointed look. At Sukunkana or at... No, at Condemned. <laughs> She's just used to being the one in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you get a scolding, bitch. I'm not going to clean up any more of your fucking messes, okay? This is dealt with. You need to figure your shit out. What do you mean dealt with? This is dealt with. The bo- We're having a meeting tomorrow. I think maybe you shouldn't be there. We have the town on our side. I'm. This is cleaned up. We're fine. But if you ever pull this shit again, I'm not going to be behind you on this. You have some guilt and you have some shame and I don't know what's going on with you, but you're corrupted and I'm not going to have that. We need to take care of this kid, okay? Can you do that? Can you help me? Help them? No, I don't think I can. Maris, I don't want you to clean this up. I've done that before. I've already had one young woman die without any closure to her loved ones. I've already had someone clean up after my mess. I've already had things obfuscated or the greater good. I don't want that. I'm going to be at the meeting tomorrow. I am going to tell them what happened. And I wish for them to judge me and give this sentence that they feel I deserve. This is not my first chance This is the second time this has happened. Is it just for me to keep getting away with these things? Well, I feel like the only peace and the only justification you need is from yourself. I also think that the only person in this whole community that has a say in what happens is Kale. Those people don't have to say anything about what's going on. I think you should either talk to Kale and let her do your judgment. Kale's, okay, do you think I, listen, Kale's my age. Okay, I don't think I could make that kind of choice. Our conversations with her do not imply that she is the sort of person who is comfortable with taking responsibility for decisions. Putting myself before her judgment would simply result in her 
waffling or taking some middle way so that she can abscond from any guilt associated with actually having to have made a decision herself. If the community of the person who I killed believes that there is some lesser punishment, then I will take that. If not, I am not running from my crimes anymore. You say that I have to find peace myself. I have found it. This is it. I submit myself for judgment. I take the punishment, whatever it is. Nobody covers up for me. If you respect me, if you respect this community, then you will let me do so. And if you respect yourself, you'll learn from this. I already learned from this once. Did you? Yes, the first time it happened. As you are speaking with your friends, you feel a sharpness. The back right of your body, sort of kidney-ish area, just above your right hip. Behind you materializes Kale. She has plunged a jagged serrated bone dagger into your back. You take 21 damage. Alright, so here's the deal. I have 20 hit points remaining, as well as one use of Stone's Endurance remaining. So Condemned is going to take the dagger, and he's going to turn, and you can see him starting to that reflex, immediately reflexively start that thing where he hardens up. But instead, he, when he looks back and he sees who it is, he relaxes uh, before falling into unconsciousness. He says, looks like I was wrong about you. And he falls down. As you fall, you lay down. The two of you see her straddle his body, ready to plunge the knife in. Thank you everyone for listening to episode 20 of Tales of Bone and Ice, starring Grimhilda as Tukunkana, Marilyn as Maris Terraset, Candor as Condemned, and myself, Brian Sherwood, as the DM. Music and editing done by Chelsea Love, with additional editing done by Brian Sherwood. With that, Arc 2 is wrapped up, and we'll be taking a couple months off to get ahead on editing, a few live streams in, and of course, some episodes recorded for all of you. It's always a treat getting to use your names in our show, so please, keep using the hashtag BonePod and getting our show out there so we can keep putting you in our world and creating these wonderful memories together. Follow us over on Twitter, at BonePod, and also on our TikTok, at Tales of Bone and Ice. With that, thank you for being here for 20 whole episodes, and we can't wait to share at least 20 more. And remember, stay hydrated.